Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. What is up, Boston Bruins fans? I'm your host, Mark Allred of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 326 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and it's brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Boston and claim your $200 welcome bonus. Um, again, welcome, everybody. This is a live stream episode 326. Um, my boy, Steve Forney has some family stuff that he's got to do today, heading up to the beautiful state of Vermont. So, um, uh, hopefully safe travels to him and we'll get back with him next week. Um, but in his, uh, in his, uh, stead, we do have good friend Jay Pike and follow him at my underscore Bruins. And, uh, we, I'm very happy to have Jay on and, uh, and thank you so much, Jay, for, for taking the time to talk bees today and kind of like, uh, give, the Bruins fans out there, kind of our own, um, you know, personal playoff preview. Oh, it's awesome. And cheers. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, come on. I don't get to talk enough bees in my life, so it's exciting. Awesome. Awesome. We love people that just love just to sit here and just talk bees, and, mm-hmm. and I'm all for it. So we have some people already in the chat. This is really cool. Uh, Jared's like, let's go. What's up, Jay? Mm-hmm. And uh, edited. I don't know who edited his name is. I wish I really wish I knew the, the person it is, but uh, it comes in. First round is going to be crazy all over the league. Absolutely. Yeah, Something man. brewing. The hockey podcast on the uh, Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company's podcast network. What's up? That's right. And- I appreciate. And if I could say to them, I I still appreciate their uh, you know making it up to Andy Moog. By the way, because yeah, I was I was crushed <laughs> when they forgot to mention his name. So I I really appreciated the Mia culpa, and uh, it it was good to see. 
Nice, nice. And Aaron is in the house too. Morning, gang. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, buddy. And Aaron is ace, ace in the house. Thank you very much for tuning in, ace. Truly appreciate it. Shooter McGavin, I love this guy. I had so many beers with this dude uh, at the uh, watch party in, in nice. um, at Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, Massachusetts. He uh, he wanted the Penguins. I don't I know. I kind of wanted. Yeah, I I did two for the easy easy round, but I kind of wanted somebody to like give it to us in the first round to prepare us for the long, you know, playoff run that we're, we're going to have and not like, I don't want a team that we're just going to run over and then have so much rest that it's kind of scary because I, and you know, Jay, from listening to several of our programs, um, I'm not a fan of like anything over three days rest because the team tends to not show up a little bit. And, but then the second game after that, they're all in. Right. Yeah. I can, understand that i guess i'm my thought with wanting pittsburgh and wanting a bit of the easy was just that idea of getting through no injuries you know because the real match is going to come you know in that round two because either toronto or tampa are going to come in wanting very badly to you know upset that's right uh let's see let's get back to here so some of these um Actually, Shooter says we're still going to win. So I like I like his uh, optimism there. I don't disagree. Um, something brewing. Don't sleep on Florida. The Panthers are rolling. That's a that's agree. We'll talk about that later when we get more into the the playoff preview. Uh, but let's uh, let's start by um, we'll get back to some of these questions. Hold off, guys. Well, we appreciate the the uh, you know the, everybody going all in right now. I truly appreciate it. Caroline with the K. What's up? Bruins in five. I love it. Abby, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Truly appreciate it. She's paying attention to the Jersey and Rangers. Yes, that's going to be a great series mm. to watch. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but why don't we get started real quick by just giving a kind of an update to start the program. Uh, the Boston Bruins finished the 2022-23 regular season with the league best and National Hockey League record-breaking 65-12-5 campaign, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> The bees compiled a home record of 34, four and three and an away record of 31, eight and two and finished the season on an eight game winning streak. Thoughts on the season, what you've seen this far, because we've nobody's ever seen this before from the Boston Bruins organization. So how has it hit you um, since this team started the, the rolling wagon back on October 8th in uh, 2022? It's almost a hard question to answer i find mark like like going back and thinking about when last year ended i was out on freddie i was out on debrusque you know i i wanted sweeney gone i you know, i was upset when cat like everything that i thought was completely and utterly incorrect and but of course coming into the season not knowing monty and his system it was like all right so what are we gonna get here and then it just I mean, how good were we early on? And you're you're just kind of like, all right. I mean, the other shoe is going to drop, right? You can start as hot as you want. You can win, you know, games and be like, oh, we're the fastest to get here or there. It's You're going to regress to the mean. It's always going to happen. And then we didn't. <laughs> and it just, you kept waiting. And it was like, oh, we lost to Chicago. Oh, no, the world's falling. And then another 10-game winning streak. Like, it's it's almost been surreal. Like, when you're bringing up, 65 wins i laugh at it because it's absurd in a way like how how did it even happen like it's it's just been 
it's i don't know i think i've just let it envelop me in a way and say you know what it's this is just the way it is and i can't explain it but wow do i enjoy it yeah yeah for me it was it was um a season where i was I question what Cam Neely talked about when he had his uh, his preseason or you know uh, training camp press conference, mm. saying that this team has something special going on, and I was just kind of what what's going on? I mean, you had a fifty one season prior, you got blown out. Well, not blown out, but you went seven games against the, Col- uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't. I didn't understand what he was talking about. And then we all knew over the off season that McAvoy was having surgery, Grizzlick was having surgery, Marshan was having surgery, and it was just one of those one of those times. It was like, yeah, I mean, we need just to keep our head above mm-hmm. water until these guys get back. And then in late November, even late December, when this team's fully healthy, then you know, let's 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 steamroll the league and at least try to get into a wild card position. And that's what I thought this Boston Bruins team was going to do was get into a wild card. Never even saw this happening. And you have a very, very, very good point about Monty and his system. I don't, I think a lot of people knew about him and his system, but nobody knew how that system would be implemented into this organization with this um, veteran core and the young uh, players that are uh, continue to knock on the door and get chances. I mean, it was just something that dreams are made of. And 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 if Monty is behind the bench doing that, along with uh, John Gruden and Chris Kelly and 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 the and the rest of the uh, staff, wow, I'm blown away. And yes, it is laughable because it's just like I cannot believe. I'm laughing so much. It's like I'm I'm almost like doubting myself that i'm actually alive and seeing this <laughs> well yeah and it's it, like i i can't even be cocky about it right it's it wouldn't make any sense it'd be like jeff bezos walking around telling everyone how much money he has like it there's no point it's just everyone who knows i mean i you know everybody knows i'm a bruins fan and so it's it they're just like they look at me and shrug and i just shrug back like i don't know what to tell you if i knew <laughs> that if, like i'd seen this coming if i understood like it's just it's it's fantastic like i don't this magical mix that's happened this year and uh, you know there's no explaining it so i try not to all right let's catch up with these um these questions here a little bit and then i want to get into a little bit about your bruins fandom and and where you're from so um let's see here here's uh jason brennan tickets are very cheap in fort lauderdale yeah i saw some i saw some tweets and screenshots of like 80 90 dollars per ticket which is crazy and what are they um, in Boston now? Uh probably four or five hundred. <laughs> although, although there is a person out there that um our BNG uh crew knows that sells freaking tickets real, real cheap. And I was like astonished by the price, but I still can't go. It's a school night and I got things to do. I I'd never do good on Bruins games on school nights. I, I'm a weekend guy. I need to okay. recover the next day. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Um his Aaron, this is a great question right here. Uh, what do you see the defensive defense lineup for game one? I will uh, take that one. And I'm, I'm just going to go with what's going on with the whole Orloff and McAvoy. Really like that top pairing. Love their mobility um, in its defense and offense. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just great. Lindholm Carlo, big fan of that, that pairing as well. Um, 
I don't give a shit what people think about Carlo and him being soft. I think he's having a great season this year. Uh, and I think he's going to be a valued asset in the playoffs. And um, the mm-hmm. third pairing is kind of a toss up for me right now because Derek Forbort is coming back from his, his injury uh, and seems like he's going to be, he's getting closer and closer. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a Forbert slash Grizzlick along with Connor Clifton. Um, and, but that's, that's what I got going on. How about you, uh, Jay? I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, the top two to me are pretty set. Um, I, I, Carlo, I don't know. He, he's won me back in in the second half of this season. There was, I, I didn't find he, I think he started out okay, but he was, there was this middling middle. And I think it was some of those, uh, the Chicago loss. And it was just, it felt like there were a couple of goals to me that it was like, what was going on there with Carlo? And, but then, especially in this last, these last 10 games, this eight game winning streak to close the season, I've been like loving, in awe of him, everything. And the way he's jumping into the play a lot more, like he's, I don't know, like he's, he's got his, his mojo going and, uh, I'm excited for, you know, playoff Carlo now if he's coming in with this momentum. Um, with the bottom line, I'm a little inclined to have Forbert on the outside looking in at first. Um, just because, like, he's incredible on the pa- on the penalty kill. But our PK has been incredible without him also. And you've got, I, I feel like Grizz has been moving and uh, Cliffy's doing Cliffy things. To me, that's where I would start. And but Forbert's going to end up in, right? I mean, we know that Forbert's going to get games. All three of those guys on the bottom are going to have nights off, and they're all going to have opportunities. And you know, I trust uh, I trust Monty with that rotation. But if it's me, Forbert would would you know be on the what do they say on the ninth floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Shooter McGavin comes in uh, with another great point. Um, we probably missed a cup or two playing the defensive system all these years. I would say yes. Um, and now, does that does that mean, Shooter, and to our fellow listeners and, and viewers, does that mean that Cassidy was just here a little too too long? Uh, it, it bodes the question. But, um, and, you know, I love John Gruden. He's a very good defensive coach. And, and complimenting him with – with what's going on with uh, Jim Montgomery and his in his um, Jack Adams award-winning year, I'm calling it right now. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no. But um, no, I, I can see where he, where a point like that, um, what Shooter gave, is uh, is valid. You know, I've been kind of wondering that, and I've been I was like, you know what? I, maybe it's an off-season discussion, but that was part of my thought. Was oh God, did did we did Cassidy cost us cups? Like, could we have been better? Like, it's, it's, but then Cassidy goes, and we were successful with him, and then he goes to Vegas and he's success. So it's like, it, but so what was it, right? Like, yeah. obviously, I mean, it wasn't just us because Cassidy's succeeding over there, but at the same time, you know, it, look at what some of these guys are doing now. And especially when you talk about 2015, right? You got your Freddie and your JD and even Zaka or Zaka now. Like they're all succeeding at levels we didn't. I I for sure I was fully out. Like I said on JD and Freddie, I was done. I was like, it's they're they're just not going to work. I mean, what are you going to do? Twenty fifteen sucked. Now I'm like, twenty fifteen is the greatest year ever, and <laughs> like the twenty fifteen truther now. And it's like, look at this. So I don't know. Maybe it was you know a great coach with great players, but it wasn't the matching system. 
And now we've switched out the great coach, keep the, kept the great players, but the system is, and, and you got to give Sweeney credit for that. I, I imagine Neely uh, takes some as well. Yeah. Abby comes in. Uh, let's remember Zaka was a one for one trade. What a deal. Yeah. That was such a, a hockey trade, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't honestly know because I don't pay a ton of attention to other teams outside of Boston. I mean, I pay attention when they're playing another team, but yeah. you know, I wasn't very privy on, on Zaka. I mean, I knew, I knew he was a first round pick, uh, highly touted check, you know, and, and had some, had some decent skill and speed, but for some unknown reason, Zaka couldn't put it together in New Jersey. But when he came here and, you know, um, um, Eric Haller was on a mm. you know expiring contract, and they just tri- flip him one for one over the offseason. I was just yeah. amazed by that deal. So, and I didn't uh, I didn't expect much to come of it. I thought, yeah, like okay, great. You know, who knows what happens? Maybe Zaka's. But this was back when it was like, oh yeah, we're going to be a wild card team, right? So we had no idea what was going absolutely. on, right? And now we do. So, uh, good friend Sharon Dietz in the house. Thank you, Sharon, for the constant support. You are an amazing person. No Bergeron again at practice and no Swayman. Still not worried, Sharon. Uh, I just think that this is um, it's just maintenance. Um, you know, he might have gotten a little ding, which which caused the precautionary. Mm. Um, but I honestly do not think that it, it, if it was a significant injury that they would label it precautionary. Um, I think that, that we would just come out and, and sh- shortly after would say he's going to be out for a, he's going to be day to day and blah, blah, blah. So I don't I don't know. I'm kind of you know, they are playing tomorrow. He is a veteran. You know, I kind of like give him time to like get ready and so on. I'm sure he'll probably skate tomorrow before the game. Swayman, on the other hand, I'm not sure. May, may be just a just an optional day off. Yeah, and I think um, Monty is practicing them pretty hard right now, too, if I yeah. saw that correctly. Um, and if, you know, Bergie and, you, you know, we know, you know, we know 2019 and how hard he was, like, give him the time. He doesn't, he doesn't need the practice, you know. Yep. Uh, Aaron comes in, uh, replying back at Jason Brennan, two tickets to two games down here is the same price as one game in Boston. How crazy is that? absolutely nuts it's just it, that just really tells you how crazy the markets are you know yeah. when you go to madison square garden you're going to pay a pretty penny when you go to the td garden you're going to pay a pretty penny but when you go to these non-traditional markets down oh, like yeah. florida arizona and so on you're going to get cheaper prices so absolutely my uh my folks uh have a little place in florida that they're uh coming home from in a few weeks now but like dad's a habs fan and we don't need to talk about that um but when they're in Tampa like he can go it's an hour away and he can get tickets outstanding reasonable prices the only time the prices get higher he says is like is when Toronto's in town that's the team that drives the prices up there because there's just so many Canadians down there uh at obviously for whatever reason are Leaf fans wow we get a lot of questions uh before we get into all these questions Mm -hmm. I do want to talk a little bit about yourself um so you're from Nova Scotia and a Boston Bruins fan um, how did hockey come into your life? And then how did you attach yourself to the Boston Bruins fandom? The hockey coming into it was just always there. I think, you know, dad, dad was a big hockey fan or is a big hockey fan. Um, and so, you know, you watched hockey night in Canada, 
right? That was the only game we got, you know, but you'd get the updates on the radio in the morning and find out if I'd find out if the Bruins won uh, and whatnot. It's, I just remember hockey always being around, right? Any family thing, hockey was discussed. There was, if there was a game on TV at that time, the game would be on, you know, and uh, all those things. And uh, for me, becoming a Bruins fan, I had a couple, I don't know, I was six, seven, eight years old, you know, and kind of when you're sometimes latch onto your fandom. And I had a couple buddies who were, uh, Bruins fans, Bruins fans, Bruins fans, and dad was the Habs fan, but I was, you know, your, your friends influenced you a lot. And so I learned about the team. I really liked the, I liked the colors, you know, and it was easy being a Bruins fan and in, in Halifax, especially because there's tons of them, right? The whole Boston, uh, Halifax, Halifax explosion, the Christmas trees. So we're, you know, we're pretty plentiful up here, which is nice. So it was, uh, kind of an easy team to be a fan of. And then that's right around the time when you got, you know, Bork and Neely and Moog and, and we're getting to those two cup finals. And I mean, I was like 10 years old. I don't, didn't get to watch a lot of the games, but I got, you know, got to watch a few of them and they were an exciting team. They were easy to love, you know, um, Andy Moog uh, is from BC and that's where I was born. So even though I, you know, didn't grow up there, it's still, I was like, man, the Bruins goalies from the same, uh, same province I am and, and, uh, Neely too, for that matter, I suppose. And it was just, I don't know. I was drawn to that team and. Nice. That's awesome. Um, real quick. uh, And this, this kind of like, because the, um, the world juniors has been up there, I -hmm. think for the past two seasons because of what's going on in Russia and blah, blah, blah. Um, but what a bit huge draw that was! It was so good oh, yeah. to see th- those buildings in uh, in New Brunswick, uh, where the Moncton um, the Moncton team from the Q mm-hmm. play and the Halifax uh, Mooseheads play, and so on. But in your market, and 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 listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, and it's nothing to do with anybody from Canada. I love you guys. You guys are, are, are awesome people. But I just don't realistically see an NHL team going up back up to uh, Canada until the the dollar kind of gets a little more even with the USD because that's what all the um, contracts are paid in is USD. So, and and I know Quebec is always a, a gravitating point. You already have the yeah. arena, you already have the market and so on, but it failed there before. But my question to you is like, I don't, I don't live there. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that if the NHL did ever come to Nova Scotia in the Halifax area, that, that, fans could support something like that it's uh, the fan i mean if you're strictly talking about hockey fans and the intention and the desire to 100 percent, right like halifax is mad for hockey the when the world juniors are here it's insane like the, there's there's no hotter tickets and like there were people selling uh for the gold medal game this year ten thousand bucks they were selling tickets for and like oh yeah like nuts but like you know when you start talking about the moose heads you're i mean they when they're i mean when they're good they're selling out so you got 10 12 000 people at the metro center and at 25 bucks a pop if you want to start now we got to bring in eighteen thousand people and we got to get them to pay an awful lot more than that I don't know if just you just don't have the the economy in in Atlanta, Canada, anywhere. They've talked about if you were going to do it, 
it would be almost like the Atlanta Canadian team because you'd have, I mean, you'd have to bring in New Brunswick and PEI. Um, and, and I mean, hopefully Newfoundland can get involved too, but you'd have, I mean, you'd have to be counting on people from those provinces as well paying because I, I don't think there'd be enough in, in Halifax to do that long-term. I think it, it would just end up falling apart, unfortunately, because I just don't think economically uh, people have the the money in Atlanta, Canada to constantly pay that much for hockey tickets. Oh, that makes sense. Makes sense. And thanks for providing a little bit about yourself and how you became a fan. Yeah, Appreciate that. Uh, let's get back to some of these questions. Um, uh, Facebook user. Uh, if anybody is on Facebook and is tuning in right now, please sign in so we can see your name. I would really appreciate that. Um, but I just don't like saying Facebook user all the time because it makes me no. I don't know, feel like I'm disrespecting somebody. <laughs> um, uh, is this Mark? Have you discussed who might be the odd man out? We'll get back to that later. I do have something on tap for that, um, uh, madam or sir. Uh, Abby Brando was huge in Montreal. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I want to talk about that game as well. Christopher Briggs in the house. Thanks, Chris. Always a great supporter. Sup, Mark? Let's get it on. Um, Aaron or Ace. Uh, I have to agree, gentlemen. Orloff, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzly, Clifton, especially with Monty coming out and saying that Fulbert looked rusty in practice yesterday. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but with the way this team has been rolling into the end of the season without Forbert, I would strongly go with the healthy guys right now. And if, if, if Forbert is that rusty enough, why, why take the risk? I, I would rather get him practiced and, 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 you know, show that he's ready in practice before make taking somebody out, but he's got to be that type of player that forces somebody out of this current lineup. Yeah, and I mean, I think, again, I mentioned Forbert as like the PK being his specialty. If for some reason, you know, if Florida comes out and scores a couple power play goals on us in game one, then it might be that, right? Say, you know what, actually, we're going to bring in that little extra bit for the PK now because, you know, two goals, maybe if Forbert's there, they only scored one of them, right? Like, he's a guy who can make a difference in that situation. So if it's me... You know he's not starting, but I'm ready. I'm ready to bring him in, if that's what's called for. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to relate a message. Uh, 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 sorry, that's very unprofessional. No. Um, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Christopher Briggs says, "What's up, shooter?" I'm sure he'll appreciate that. And following back, what up, Chris? Uh, edited. Doesn't doesn't Grizzlick and McAvoy work best? You know, statistically, yes. If you're looking at the underlying numbers, that's always going to be a gravitating point for so many Bruins fans to say that 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 pairing should stick together. I really love what I've seen. Put the put the the numbers aside. The eye test says Orloff and McAvoy are just a a a, a hammering duo on that first pairing um and if things don't work out you can you could you could flip-flop those two you could bring orloff down with 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 carlo bring lindholm up if, if things aren't working out on certain lines and you're and you're trying to you know get certain pairings and so on uh against your opponents i don't see a problem with that because 
Um, Orloff has shown that he could be a little bit of versatile. I'm not really sure how much I trust him on the right side. Um, but that's what I really like about this lineup. And then the trend over the years is the Boston Bruins really like to see players that are versatile. They're not just one dimensional players. If you're, if you've got talent and you could spread it across uh, either the center the left or the right, you're a valued asset and, and they're probably going to go after you on in this team on this team. So um, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it, it is a good question, but I still would go with McAvoy and, and Orloff. Yeah. I mean, I agree fully. I think the questions about, about Grizz and, and, and Grizz McAvoy, it's a bit of Cassidy syndrome, I think, right? Cassidy rigid with his lines, right? And if you were moved, it was a demotion. Like if guys didn't really move up, but somebody sure as hell moved down. And with Monty, they're all going to end up playing together. We're going to see Mac and Grizz, right? It's just going to happen. But if you can put McAvoy and Orlov together, that's almost unfair. We had McAvoy yeah. and Lindholm when we thought it was unfair. Now yeah, it's exactly. McAvoy, Orlov, Lindholm, Carlo, unfair. unfair. It's just it's unfair. <laughs> so like, I don't, I, I don't worry about those things as much because I they're all going to move around anyway. But I, yeah. to me, I don't know how you separate. Them. Yeah, good point. Uh, edited comes in and says um, that th- undersized third pairing isn't good. I tend to agree with that because it's been hammered in my head for the past two or three seasons that um, gritty style um, defense and even offensive players that, that play with some grit uh, win playoff games. You know, and I'm starting to latch onto that. And I understand what you're saying, edited, but um, this this team, what we've seen from the regular season, and I do get that the regular season and playoffs are totally different. But what we've seen so far is actually pretty good. So I kind of say that it, it, try it, but don't don't bank on it when you're having problems. Be available to switch things up. I'm sure John Gruden is going to be in. Uh, Montgomery's ears saying, you know, this isn't working. We've got to try something like this. Much like how Bob Asenza is with the goaltending. Like, I don't know if Jim Montgomery actually says that he's going to start a guy. I think Bob Asenza was the guy that comes in and says, I kind of feel this this guy should get the start and so on. And, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, Aaron comes in with this one because uh, he's uh, not – at practice, or it could be at practice, or heading down to Florida. I'm not sure. But Orloff, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Clifton, Grizzlicks, Borrell in practice today. So that's what you got and with a little bit of depth right there. So yeah, we'll see what happens. It seems to be trending um, that way that Grizz will be sitting. And I mean, if that's Monty's choice, I'm certainly not going to be complaining. Like, I trust the guy implicitly. Like, I think he trusts his guys. And I think that's actually one of the more incredible things that he's done. He didn't come in here and go wipe it. Here's the system. He came in and went, man, why would I change what you're doing on defense? And with these goalies, that's why would I do that? But here's how we're going to like, I'm going to incorporate that into what I do. And you know, it's, it's been incredible. Again, something none of us could have predicted, right? Like I assumed he's coming in and it's just him, right? That's right. No. Um, Caroline comes in with a K. I didn't help that we didn't have the scoring depth in the last couple of years. We were a one line team. You're absolutely right. There was, there was hardly any secondary scoring. It was very frustrating, but now it just seems that 
the Jim Montgomery uh, way of playing um, has really adhered to the Boston Bruins style of play, like the big bad Bruins. I, I know it's over and so on, but we do, we are a heavy team and very difficult to play against. I'm not saying that we're the big bad Bruins anymore. That, that narrative kind of left in the, in the eighties with me or, or even the early nineties. Hmm. Um, but we can be a heavy team to play against and a pain in the ass. So, I mean, and there's a lot of players out there that, that say that coming into Boston is not an easy task. No, and, and I mean, the genius of bringing in Burt and Hathaway, it's just, yeah. I, again, I, I'm i in awe of, of all the decisions, you know, that have been made this year by everybody and it, it, everybody. We're gonna, it's going to be so hard to match up and just every single guy in that lineup is going to be hard to play against. Yeah. Uh, Shooter McGavin says that he's uh, more so talking about Claude. We held on to him way too long, but that's old news. Certainly is, my friend. Yeah. Um, Sharon Dietz, uh, she says that she'd switch Orloff and Grizz. That way you have one of your third three stud D-men on ice at all times. Not a bad thought. That's not a bad thought at all. I think we'll see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think John and Jim are going to be like really creative. If, if anything, if they see something wrong, they're going to do it on the fly, which is going to be amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, Christopher Briggs. Uh, guys, do you think the Bruins are going to be timid pinching in at offensive zone? I don't think so. I think that I, I, I heard Sasha Bakoff is not, was not at practice today, which, which doesn't mean anything. Just more or less like, like what we talked about Swainman and Bergeron earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he could be injured and so on, but the Florida Panthers do bring, a pretty good offensive structure at you, but we've seen so many teams like that before, and we've actually pretty done really well. And I get the, the offseason playoffs and so on, um, but uh, I think we're going to do all right. I think I think we're going to do a little lot better than people think against the uh, the Florida Panthers. How about you, Jay? Uh, no, I agree completely. I another i remember thinking with cassidy too like it always felt like he was playing not to lose monty plays to win like i i expect foot down on the pedal i expect them to be like i don't know that we've seen them in their fifth gear for three or four months right they were able to skate at you know in third and beat most teams like it wasn't a big deal I think it's going to be, you know, pedal down and they're going to be very aggressive and make it clear, like from minute one, that we're coming after you. We're not sitting here and giving you a chance to come at us. Uh, Jared comes in and says, Monty said that Bergeron sat out of practice because of a nagging upper body injury that he has sustained before and knows how to handle it. Uh, That's a comforting statement there. Nagging to me is more or less like a a, a bruise, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and then that we'll oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Jason Brennan he says I'm warming up to the idea that Ty Anderson, great Bruins writer, ninety eight five shout out Ty, uh, thought out three headed monster with Orloff, McAvoy, and Lindholm on separate lines. It's interesting how you'd work out the left shot, right shot on, on situations like that. Yeah. I wonder you know, about um, certain teams, like you think about Toronto, like these top heavy teams, 
would you like if you've got Marner and Matthews on the ice personally I'd want McAvoy and Ar- Orlov on there together or Lindholm and Carlo right like I'd want those big boys there I don't know if Florida has a line like that as much I mean as long as you got one of those guys out there against Kachuk I you know I think you're fine but and I guess that's maybe the point right there right there's only one Kachuk on that team if they're home and they try to match lines, oh, we'll wait for Orlov or McAvoy to be off the ice and take Lindholm on. Like it makes no sense, right? And so, I think it, it's uh, it might be just dependent on situations, teams, rounds, all that. But that also brings up a point that I think edited brought up was that small third pairing line. Mm-hmm. This uh, this would pretty much like take that uh, notion away. And also give a very experienced person on that line. And I'm not saying Clifton's not experienced and, and Grizzlick's not, but it just gives you that it's that better defenseman that's going to be with you in case of a mistake happens. He says, You can't wait for this series, boys. It's going to be, e- it's not going to be easy, but I believe the pants of defense and goalie will be the difference maker. B's in five. Solid, solid picnic. Yep trying to get some of these questions mm-hmm. and here here's that one from aaron sasha bakoff missing from florida practice this morning so i'm not going to worry about bergeron i guess i probably won't worry about that either right yeah uh nick comes in and says i want to hit more of the future of coaching with the bruins um touched on it lightly with uh something bruins podcast uh, Joe Sacco has coached an elite PK. Would he leave for another uh, head coaching job? This has got to be Nick Melanson. And mm. Nick's Nick's a great guy, although I do question his uh, Bruins fandom by being a Hanu Toyoyunen fan. Um, we got we got to talk about that. We need a we need a beer nice. conversation on that, my man. But um, no, I I like the idea. I think Joe Sacco has been trying to uh, coach for a job for several years now, ever since what happened in the, with the Colorado Avalanche uh, so many years ago. You know, as much like Cassidy after after coaching the Washington Capitals for two seasons and then going right down to the, the coast and working his way back up. Um, so, yeah, I could see that. Um, and, and there's going to be coaching jobs that are coming up because P- Peter Laviolette from the Washington uh, Capitals got let go. And uh, or mutually, you know, walked away from each other. Um, so there's going to be coaching jobs that are going to be open up, certainly um, uh, during the off season or even um, before the draft. Oh, and being a good team means you're going. Your your assistant coaches are going to get poached. That's just yeah. right. You want to you want to see uh, what is Boston got there. Maybe he's got some of it bottled up. Like it's. It's unfortunate because you love your coaches and you're like, they're part of the reason we're this good, but they're the, all of these guys are coaching themselves into bigger jobs and Monty's coaching. He's not going anywhere. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Much like what happened with uh, Jay Leach not too long ago, yes. you know, and Jay Leach, Jay Leach has been a really good Providence Bruins coach and, and a really good mentor for some of the younger prospects down in the American hockey league. And um, several organizations were always in on him trying to get him to go. And, and finally he bought on the, uh, on the Seattle Kraken job. So, yeah. uh, John Brown. About that. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. I was a mm-hmm. big leech guy. So he was so good to interview, you know, just, just very transparent and just gave it to you as you asked it. <laughs> I, right now. 
Brown comes in and says, lots of Bruins fans in Atlantic provinces. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. Provinces. Provinces. Uh, I always say Providence. I don't know why. Um, where we go now? Uh, Abby comes in. Forward lines will be shuffled. Anyone can play with anyone except Marshy and Bergie. Um, I have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. They're, I like, they're, I, they're attached at the hip. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Karen with a K. Caroline with a K. Defense and goaltending is what wins cups. I'll die on that hill. I, I'm going to have to say I agree. I, I, and I'm a former goalie, but I look at 2019 as maybe the reason it doesn't always go that way. Yeah. I mean, St. Louis won because of that, but we would have won if we had had more scoring. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, May comes in, and thank you very much, May, for joining our program. Uh, and everybody else that's uh, that's in here, we got a lot of people in here right now. It's just freaking awesome. I'm so happy for this. Um, but wasn't there some talk about on Twitter that Grizz was banged up? And I really love what Edited comes back with. Can you really trust Twitter though? <laughs> Every and everybody's banged up. They played, you know, somewhere between 68 or 65 and 82 games. Everyone's banged up. Uh, Nick Hunt is in the house and and I I, I I I think I said that this guy was from Australia but I know I think he's from England so thank you very much um uh, from where you're tuning in from and please let us know in the chat where you are tuning in yeah. from we'd love to hear where where everybody's uh watching good guy Nick comes in says can we touch on Paul Maurice comments and the uh and obliterating the Bruins mental game uh real quick yes we can because I have something for you. This I'm excited. Exactly, I haven't seen this yet. This is exactly well. Listen, I'm not <laughs> totally sure if this is real. I, you know, right. cocaine's a uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug, but so is Photoshop. <laughs> but yes. uh, this is what this is what was said. But we <laughs> still systematically deconstruct, frustrate, embarrass, and obliterate the Bruins one game at a time, and that is supposedly head coach of the Florida Panthers, Paul Maurice, talking about the upcoming um, uh, series against the Boston Bruins, which starts tomorrow night. That's fun. Thoughts? I, 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 <laughs> I can't imagine it's real. Um, but at the same, I, like, I don't know, man. If I was a Florida fan, that's what I'd want him saying. So, like, I, I'm not going to fault him for that if it is something he said. Um, that's what you're supposed to say. Like, what's he supposed to do? Look, guys. We're fucked. Yeah. You know, come to the games, have a drink, and, uh, you know, we'll see you next year. Like, he's not going to say that. So, you know, he uh, it, if, if that's what he said, well, you know, good on him, I guess, because, you know, you might as well have some balls if you're trying to pull an upset like this, right? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if it was – if it's true, you, you motivate your, your team. Mm. But what you're also doing is you're poking the bear – of a team that just broke records all year. Yeah. And I know that some people out there are going to say, well, Tampa Bay had a really good record too. And look what happened to them in the first round. Get it. Totally get it. But um, yeah, I mean, I do the same thing, but I'd also be very wary about people that, that read that stuff and, and just give that extra 10% every game to try to, uh, you know, cancel out the series. Yeah. I have trying to look for some, somebody. Um. I know my boy, Freddie Palmer, 
Fred Palmer in the house, and I cannot find where he is at because he's such a great guy. There it is. Freddie Palmer, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Appreciate mm -hmm. you tuning in all the time and the amazing support. Jared, what are your guys' forward lines for game one? If Felino is ready to go and Krejci is ready for game one, I don't know. But my forward lines would be Marshan, Bergeron, Debrusque, Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak, Hall, Coyle, Frederick, Felino slash Lauko, Nosek, Hathaway. And then that's that's my forward lines. What are your forward lines? Um, top two lines exactly the same. I, you know, I I don't think I can't imagine anybody out there has anything different. Um, but I uh, for me, and again, I'm I'm not a big X's O's guys. I you know I never coached or anything like that. But I would I'd have Bert on the third line, and Freddie would be uh, yeah. I I'd switch the two of them. Like I just that's I want I you know Nosek uh Hathaway Freddie and for me it's Freddie slash Lauko like and I love everything Freddie's done this year and I feel I feel awful for uh, putting him out because I'm blown away by him this year I'm in love with him this year huge man crush all about Freddie but I'm not moving Hathaway right I've no sec I want that face off and then that's Freddie there but Lauko you know he brings it sometimes like I the two of them, a little flip-flop and a little like, I'm going to try and play so well that they can't take me out would only do both of them some good too. But yeah, that's uh, that's where I'd put them. All right. Thank you for that. And now it's time to hear from our show sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official partner of Major League Baseball. And new customers in Massachusetts get in the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. I am going to be absolutely on my FanDuel mobile app with uh, Boston Bruins bets uh, for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against mm -hmm. the Florida Panthers. But I'm also, I'm a golf guy, as you guys all know. I'm going to be uh, getting in on some action next weekend with, with, for the 2023 Mexico Championship. So bet on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus and president in Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050. For 24-7 support, play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-123. And we absolutely love our new sponsorship with FanDuel. It's been amazing. I've lost a ton of money, but I do it responsibly. I don't bet the house. I don't bet the farm. I just do $5 bets. <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real, keeping it real. Do you do any gambling at all up in um in the uh in the Canada? No. Um I mean, I've got buddies, you know, who do and you know, I've played poker online and, and those kinds of things, but I've never uh 
I don't know, like I've, I've gotten out of fantasy sports and that too. Like it, I, I found these things distracting for what I want to get out of sports. Um, but I, I think it's great that, you know, people can do it, you know, it's because for so it was one of those things like cannabis in Canada where it's like, why is this so illegal? Right. Like <laughs> people are, it just, you can get rid of, you know, those uh, poor markets and, you know, let people do it safely and correctly, I guess. Oh, Kevin O'Keefe in the house. He is a uh, one of my good friends and um, he's still a member of this uh, Black and Gold Hockey podcast when he wants mm-hmm. to come back. But Kevin, I th- um, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate the support as always and hope you're good, brother. Um, Sassy Blonde says that Barkoff is fine. And hello, Sassy. Thank you again for uh, tuning in. <laughs> oh, shoot. I got the wrong neck. Nick Tedisco, but fair too many. <laughs> Far too many, Nick. <laughs> Whatever. I can't even talk right now. But thank you, Nick Tedisco. He's a member of our Black and Gold uh, production sports media company. A fantastic guy. Shout out Barry. Barry's awesome. I love Barry. I wish that guy was my uncle. <laughs> I've never had so many green tea shots in my life, and that guy paid the tab. <laughs> hey, that'll do. Uh Fred Palmer, good man, comes in. It would be nice to see Zaka, Bertuzzi, and Pasternak in the future, hopefully next year to get Bertuzzi to sign. Well, that's going to be a tough one right there. Um, there's, there's, I mean, a lot of people think that we're going to have a boatload of uh, salary cap to deal with during the offseason. I really don't think there's really that much. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be – let's just uh, hypothetically say that Bergeron and Krejci don't come back. That's only $2 million. It's not yeah. really a lot of money to to go out and get somebody to replace um, them or, or one of them, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Evan Gold, who does a fantastic job. And by the way, please check out Dom Tiano's recent article about uh, Evan Gold and how he manages the cap and, and, and how he's such an underrated person when it comes down to daily numbers uh, to get this team cap compliant throughout the regular season. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a juggling act, uh, to be honest with you. And we'll see what happens. But I mean, realistically right now, I would love to see Orloff Hathaway and Bertuzzi come back. Mm -hmm. Um, and Bertuzzi by one is for me, the biggest surprise by the points that he's put up for the role that he plays. Well, but he, the eye test with him. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's got really good passing skills and so on. He he's very intelligent on the ice, but he looks like Spicoli. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just like when when I when I watched the behind the B when he came into the organization, I'm just like, dude, what is going on here? But you know, then he starts talking, and then you start seeing him getting along with all of his like the the, like the Marshans and so Mm -hmm. on, the Hathaways that these guys that are constantly you know interacting with them on the ice and shit talking and so on. But now they're like teammates and so on and they're friends and they're, and they're on a mission to, to, to raise a Stanley cup. And, and he's been a, a really decent part of this team uh, point wise as well. I, I mean, I, I know Jared out there will, will flash out some numbers, but um, it, Jared, if you do have the numbers, do me a favor, uh, get Patuzzi from when he became a Bruin till the end of the season. Those numbers would be very helpful. Yeah. It's I, I'm banging the keep Bertuzzi drum hard. Like I think Orlov would be amazing, but to me, Orlov would be like a bit of a luxury considering you already have Mac and Lindholm. And 
would you love him? Well, yeah. But Bertuzzi watching Zaka pass to Bert play, I was like, this is this is a top line. Forget this isn't. We're, we're talking about Zaka as a two C. If if that line can do that consistently, that's a one C, not a two C for Zaka. So I see that. I I I, I mean, Hall has a very tradable contract. Taylor Hall at what six million? Like that's very tradable. And you know, so I think there's opportunities, and I'd I'd love to see Bert back. Yeah, and 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 editor brings up a valid point right here. But where would Hall go if Petruzzi resigns? I think you got to deal him. Like I, I mean, there has to because I think Bertuzzi again. It's kind of like getting him into this culture and getting him around Bergeron and Krejci, two guys collectively playing for three million dollars this year. Getting into that culture, right? Pasta took less on his second contract. Like it's just he's he might have come into a situation where he's like, man, okay, I could go and get nine here, or I could stay in Boston, do it at seven and a half, and and go get another cup, right? Like, you know. And yes, I just knocked on wood. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so you know, that's I don't know. I that's kind of how I was seeing it and thinking, God, it'd be nice if that worked out. Yeah um kelly todd hi kelly facebook friend how you doing hopefully everything is good and you're ready for some boston bruins playoff action but uh mm-hmm. she read on facebook which is not always the greatest place to get your information trust me uh that alex lyon is expected to be in net what are your thoughts on that my thought is light this mofo up uh he's Listen, I will not discredit a goaltender that is actually playing well for his team right now. Uh, but Alex has been bounced around from all over the freaking um, minor pros and so on. And congratulations for this moment and so on. But I'm sorry, pal, but I think this moment is probably going to be an ending one for you. I would have more faith in Bobrovsky, to be honest with you. Somebody that's been in the league more consistent. Um, but I'm totally not sure what's going on. Lion has been playing very well. I will, I will say that he's got really good numbers and so on to close the season. But I, um, I don't know. I just, I kind of think that um, Florida would do better with uh, with Bobrovsky in that. And that was, I was looking at their numbers today, and that was my thought as well. I was like, okay, and I mean, I know the Lion kid beat us. When was that? January uh, overtime yeah. game. Like, you know it. I don't take anything from that. I don't remember him. I mean, we put three in on him. I like, I don't remember him, you know, overly, you know, frightening me in any way, like going, Oh damn, if this guy gets in the playoffs, like it wasn't like that. So I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't fear him any more than Bobrovsky at this point. I'd say put him in net. We're going to light him up one way or the other. Yes, sir. Uh, Boston gamer. And that's Kevin O'Keefe. This guy's coming in on all several devices to support this program. I love you, Kevin. You're the man. Uh, Sassy Blonde. Oh, I lost it. Okay. Sassy Blonde is tuning in from Virginia. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. May comes in and says, with Florida having a PK of 76% 23rd in the league and first in number of minors taken, is a quality Bruin power play PP make for a break for the series. Ooh, I, I do have power play concerns. I don't think what, what happened in Montreal was, was enough for me to say that it's back. We're ready to, to, to produce on the regular, on the man advantage. Um, 
Yeah, it's a great question. It's going to be a true test against a team that's, you know, that might not have the greatest PK numbers, but you also can't discredit what happens in the playoffs because it's a different um, type of system uh, season or however you want to massage that one. But it's going to be tested and, and you've got to capitalize. I think the Boston Bruins power play has just gotten way too creative on trying to get that perfect pass. Mm-hmm. And I will credit my friend and my boy, um, Mike Sullivan, when he said on his uh, Something Bruin podcast and on Twitter several times that other teams are going to gravitate to where Pasternak is going because the play is is so set. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's it's unconventional if you want to call it. Uh, probably the bad word for that, but um, it's just like it's always there. So teams are going to know what's going to happen. I want to see something different. I would love to see like a player like Taylor Hall, who I know has a, a great one T, yeah. take that one T from the left, from the right side. You know, his natural shooting left. That'd be great. Kind of throw people off. But um, I'm not the uh, I'm not the GM, nor am I the coach. <laughs> no, I like. I think what we saw in Montreal too, like they had pasta moving around a lot more. And I think that might, that was the thing I saw that I was like, okay, this, this is finally something that makes a lot of sense for what's going on. Move them. Don't let them sit there. Don't let them gravitate to him. He can shoot from anywhere. Yeah. It's great. You know, you can do the whole, you know, get to the dot and, you know, do the OV thing. It's awesome. But move them around like these guys are incredible chess pieces that our team is made out of don't don't have them sitting there yeah um this is a good this is actually a really good point edited does anyone mm. else keep forgetting certain key players because of how deep this team is yeah 100 100 yeah. 100%. 100%. you brought up lauco yeah. earlier and i was like oh damn i don't even have him on my list like yeah I but just... i mean he's he's also one that like last year, I didn't even know if he was going to be a part of this organization, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, I, I cover the Providence Bruins on the regular. I'm not down there all the time and, um, you know, so on. But from the games that I saw, even the ones on AHL TV last season, I was and everybody's like, call this kid up, call this kid up. I'm just like, mm-hmm. what is everybody seeing that I'm not? But this year it's different. It's as, it, it, it is a contract yeah. year for him. So he's going to want to, you know, obviously you know, show his talents for, you know, an extra contract an extension and so on to stay with this organization. Um, but particularly this year, every time, well, not every time, but most of the time, 90% of the time that he's been in the lineup, he's been making serious impacts. Ones that Montgomery cannot take him out of the lineup. And, and unfortunate that he's been up and down 95 from Providence to Boston, mostly paper transactions because of the salary cap. His his contract and his seven hundred ninety five thousand whatever is the one that's expendable when you need to be cap compliant and Evan Gold needs to make those changes. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that he's being the pinball on the table going back and forth. Yeah, but he's but been a great soldier from everything people have said. Exactly, he's physical. Great. He's good in the boards, good in the corners, yeah. decent out in front of the net. He can skate. You know, it's just. What I want from him, what we're seeing this year, and if we contain, if we keep him for further um, service, I want to see those, those, um, th- that offensive capability that really got him to like 
when the Ruin Naranda in the queue, I watched mm. a lot of those games when he was playing. He was so good, An offensively gifted player. But maybe this gritty style forward is what's getting him in the NHL and not, you know, a, a very um, powerful goal scorer that's putting up points all the time. That might be a little weird to say, but sometimes, like back in the day, you know, because we're all, we're both old folk. If if, <laughs> if a player wanted to get in the NHL, you know what he had to do? He had to fight. Yeah. Most of the time, he had to fight to get in the NHL. So. Well, I mean, Marchand, like, he, he's talked about how, like, he came in. He wasn't, you know, a 10th overall pick. He was up with the team, and he's like, I got to do what I got to do to stay here, and kind of created that, and you've got it coming. I mean, this is how the guys kind of come in and, and do that. And now Marchand... Like for five years, he was one of the top five scorers in the league, but he started out. That's how he got himself in. So, uh, Freddie looks like he kind of did that, right? And now maybe Lauko is going to kind of go that same way. You know, start out, build your uh, build your game while being a bit of a a bit of a pest and and kind of staying on the team using that. And then you know, a few years, who knows what he's putting in the net. Got I gotta go back to edited because this is a this is one that I I I failed at miserably and I think yeah. I'm, you you're gonna come down with me my friend Jay. <laughs> oh. So you read this. Why does why does anyone why does anyone? Oh, I cannot read. We're forgetting certain players. Put it that way. That's what edited mm-hmm. is trying to say. Yeah. And then TB comes in and says, "Why sit Bertuzzi? Totally keep forgetting about this guy." We just talked about extending him and so on, but in my lineup, I didn't even write him down. So <laughs> I'm going back. I'm doubling down right now, okay. and I'm going to say uh, Felino and Bertuzzi on the left side. Oh, of the I didn't line. mention Felino in mine. Yeah, see, it's the depth. <laughs> it's what edited said. But it's, and it's, I, man, I think the the thing that we talk about depth and depth is great. But what I watched in the last, like that that eight game winning streak to close the season, it wasn't to me just depth. It was look like all of these guys know there's depth, which means what if you don't play well, they got another guy who's going to come in. Our yeah. bottom two lines are. I mean, Hall isn't going to be. I can't imagine Hall or Coyle. You know, obviously they aren't feeling like, oh man, I might end up sitting a game if I don't. Whatever, but. The rest of them, they've got to be thinking that, which means every game they have no choice but to give everything they got. And they're always going to be, you know, if you end up sitting one, then they're coming in rested. They're coming in hot every single time. And so it's not just depth. It's incredibly motivated, you know, energized depth. And that's kind of, I think, what excites me. Like when I see the third and fourth line come over now, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Like, but not for a fight. I'm like, let's go. Cause I want to see Hathaway score. Let's see Freddie pop right. one. Like it's, it's a very different kind of feeling. Cause those guys, when they hop over that boards, they got their eight minutes a game. They are moving for those eight minutes. And I don't know that anybody else's fourth line uh, in the league comes anywhere near what ours can bring with that. All right. Let's blast through some of these. Uh, questions, Beth. Thank you very much for the continued support. As always, Freddie has proven he's ready. He's ready. Considered when 
he joined the Bruins and was injured and not 100%. I'm not sure which Freddie you're talking about because I don't remember Trent Frederick being injured to start the year. Uh, mm. If you could elaborate on that a little bit more, Beth, I'd certainly appreciate it. Um, Sassy Ballon down in Virginia. I don't understand gambling at all. Then don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the only advice I have for that. Uh, Kevin, I'm rolling with a second line of Bertuzzi, Krejci, and Pasta. Allows you to maximize Bertuzzi services and Zaka already has familiarity playing on the right side at times here in Boston. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Definitely. Um, Teresa comes in. Good luck. Thank you very much. Always love the luck on our side. Uh, Kevin says, also not opposed to Burt playing on the third line right side if it works out. Uh, if not, you can always switch. That's a valid point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Thank you very much for everybody tuning in right now. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Sharon Dietz with some updates. Thank you mm-hmm. very much for these updates. Um, Swayman also out due to illness. Sounds like something is going uh, uh, through the room. So that is not a very good thing to happen uh, right before the, the playoffs start. Um, let me go back. Uh, Nick says, I know some people are writing them out, but I believe the Bruins will have to go through Tampa to get to the cup finals. That's a pretty valid point. I wouldn't, I, you probably, you're probably going to see Carolina and Tampa. Maybe. I don't know. I could Mm -hmm. be wrong, but I honestly do not think that the road to the Stanley cup is not going to be as easy as it was in 2019 when um, the Tampa Bay Lightning went out in four to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that just kind of parted the seas for the Boston Bruins to kind of get right right in there. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, they lost. But I don't even know if that team exists in this. The East is brutal. Like, as, yeah. good, as, as good as the Bruins are, like, imagine if you put the Bruins, put, you know, two through eight from the West, we'd be like, okay, Boston, it's just going to be, three sweeps into the finals. Like you wouldn't even be thinking about it, but every team in the East has got something that makes you at least have to talk about them. Absolutely. No. All right. Um, I think this is a pretty good time to like kind of preview what's going on uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, let's put the, uh, some, uh, some information up for the folks. So tomorrow night at seven 30 game one at TD garden, uh, officially kick off the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs against the Florida Panthers. And there is, if you're a YouTube viewer, thank you very much for tuning in. But there's your schedule right there. Um, and uh, I'm actually shocked that the Bruins only played this team four times this season. And um, both teams are locked in at two wins apiece. Uh, the Bruins outscored the Panthers in those four games, 17 to 15, which kind of, it has me a little bit of concern about this offense of what we can produce and what they can produce. And, and to me, it's, it's actually going to be a, a very good series. Um, I'm not totally sure if I'm on board with like, I, I, I think it goes six. I don't think it goes mm. a full seven, but I think it might go six, four to two Boston Bruins. Okay. Um, and back to Kelly Todd's question. Um it's it's going to be interesting to see what goaltender Paul Maurice goes with uh, in this in these playoff rounds in this first playoff mm-hmm. round. 
Um, what are your thoughts on on this upcoming series? And and you know what what's your scenario on uh, on the uh, if the Bruins win or not? I'm I'm pretty bullish on the first round. Like I, it's everything I listen to, everything I read is not comfortable. I'm predicting a sweep. Like to me, it's four games. I don't. That doesn't. And that doesn't mean it's four games at seven one. I just, I don't think, I think these guys are locked in and I think they've got no time for suffering any fools right now. And they just want to get rid of Florida and have, you know, hopefully Toronto and Tampa beat the living crap out of each other. Right. So that's kind of where I am. That's not to say it'll be easy. It's just to say, I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. At most five, because of course, I mean, it's not hard to go down there and, and lose game three or four. Sure. You can drop yep. one three to two or, you know, you get into a weird game and, and you know, a couple weird bounces and you lose six, five or some nonsense, right? Like they, I, I, cause, yeah, I was looking them up today. Like they were what a plus 17 this year. We could have scored 100 fewer goals on the year and still have a better like goals different differential in the double digits over them. Like it's, I know Kachuk is Kachuk and he's going to do his things, but again, he's never going to be on the ice without McAvoy or Lindholm or Orlov or Carlo or two of them. So I don't know, like it's, it's hard for me to, to, to worry about them too much. I mean, I know anything can happen. Christ. I was a kid when, you know, we lost to Buffalo with the whole Mayday nonsense. And the first time I cried over hockey, like, you know, it's, I, I know all that can happen. We've all, I mean, how many, how many times through like the nineties and the uh, early two thousands with Montreal and being like, why are we losing to this team? Like it made no sense. It happens, but I don't know. It's, it's different this year. And I'm, I'm just embracing the, the confidence of it. Yeah. So uh, as of right now, obviously these are regular season numbers, but for Boston, mm. these are the these are the players that are going to be heavily relied on. Mm. Uh, Pasenak had a great season, 113 points. Uh, Brad Marchand, even on a hip that was uh, you know surgically worked on during the off season, came out with almost 70 points. That's mm. that's a pretty decent year for him. And and Bergeron, almost 60 points. He's going to probably most definitely get the Selkie Trophy. And Zaka, just a, a sneakingly great, great season. And David Krejci oh, as man. well. Um, talk about Krejci a little bit. Uh, I think it, it's a good thing to have him being rested and so on. Um, but this also kind of tells me that if he's rested this much, how much more is a player like him uh, going to be able to do concerning next year? And, and, you know, obviously if they win the cup, I think this is his swan song that he goes yeah. out. Uh, for the Florida Panthers, uh, we got to look at these these members. You know, Matt Kachuk, 109 points this season. You know, no slouch. Uh, he's a pain in the ass to play oh, against. Man. Offensively gifted, you know, plays like his father. Uh, just a prick. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah. you know, Barkoff is almost 80 points. Carter Verhage, who was a, a decent story in himself, 73 mm-hmm. points. Brendan Montour, yeah. 73 points. Sam Ryan. Verhage, over 40 goals, I think, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, it's going to come at you. I mean, the offense is going to come at you. It's just how you contain them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really want to see what happened a lot in the in the regular season this year was the way that the Boston Bruins defense forced 
opponents to the wall and made them work hard to cut in and try to get to the net. And a lot of the times the Bruins just stifled them, you know, and if they continue to do that, just be a pain in the ass, I think it's going to be really real success this year. Um, But once a team, regardless of what series and how high you're going up to the cup finals, once a team figures out and exposes a weakness it's imperative that you fix that problem as soon as possible in the postseason. While the regular season, you might be able to say, listen, in the next game or two, I need you to um, close a gap here or, mm-hmm. or you know, forecheck a little harder there. In the playoffs, there's no time for uh, for that. I mean, it's a very yeah. limited uh, opportunity to correct yourself. And if you continue to do that and you do not allow teams to find that hole that can be just exposed – I think the better we're going to be, but I'm, I'm real confident in how this Boston Bruins defense is going to work out as long as they stay healthy. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, I was talking to my, my brother-in-law who's a, a big Leafs fan, um, but a realistic one. So it's kind of funny. Um, but he, like he was saying that he's like, it's it, it, like, there's no reason you guys shouldn't win, but he's like, like, you don't know with injuries. Like you just, something can happen. And next thing you know, the whole thing's blown up and as deep as we are, that can still happen, right? Like it's just, uh, it's part of the reality, especially the variance in hockey. Yeah. Let's yeah. get out some of these questions before we hit our second commercial break. Um, let's hear from TD. TB says, uh, hopefully this is not Tom Brady because I hate football. Uh, just, hate kidding. Brady, just kidding. Just so kidding. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Do you think Bertuzzi would be as impactful on the fourth line? I would put Hall, Coyle, Bertuzzi, or swap Hall, Burt on the right and put Freddie on the fourth line with Nosek and Hathaway. That is not a bad idea, TB, at all. I am actually very on board with that notion. I mean, I just think Bertuzzi is going to be impactful. Where do you want to put him? That's up to you. But he's going to make an impact. If, if he's on the fourth, that's what he's going to do. Like, I, I don't know. The guy's a gamer. Yeah, but can Bertuzzi be that impactful on his off wing, which we have not really seen that much? And I've heard from several people that I've talked to in the Detroit organization or or people that are close to Detroit, not within, mm-hmm. and say that any opportunity that he was on the right side, it really didn't look comfortable. Much like my displeasure for Charlie Coyle leaving the third line center and going to the, the right wing. Okay. And I like I we won't know, I guess, until it goes. But again, I think... Like playing your off wing in one system cannot be the same thing as playing the off wing in another system, right? The systems dictate a lot of those things. Now, I was a goalie, so those things didn't affect me, but it seems to me that, you know, if if you're playing a, a run and gun, right, fast system like Monty's, it's very different playing that on your off wing and your expectations of what you're expected to do than it would be in a, you know, a Claude Julian kind of defensive system right so i mean if anybody out there uh you know has had that experience in their life and maybe they've got a whole other thought on it but it seems to me that they're not automatically analogous okay so we already get to that one may comes in says i'd like to see freddie and felino flip flop games felino starts one and three freddie two and four that's, I mean, w- with the depth, you have those options. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually crazy. 
Yeah. Uh, Jerry comes in, I think, with the numbers that I was talking about. Bertuzzi had 14 points in 29 games with the Red Wings to start the year and has 16 points in 21 games with the Bruins. So those are solid numbers from coming over from a from a, uh, a team, um, you know, Detroit over to the Bruins. Um, but also, I think a lot, and it, it is his his uh, given ability as well, but uh, when you put a, a player like him alongside Passanax and other like players on this team, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to get the best out of him because they're going to get the best out of you. Yeah, and his 16 points, uh, 21 games total, but he he was the slowest of our three new additions, right? When I don't remember exactly, but Orlov came in and scored like 14 goals in a minute and a half or something, and Hathaway was on, but it was Bertuzzi was this kind of the slowest to catch up. But once he did, like you could almost take probably four or five of those games away and say he had like 15 or 16 points in 15 or 16 games. Yep. True that. Shooter like McGavin that. says yeah. Bruins in five, but I'm betting on the Panthers as if we lose, I w- will have some cash to do some <laughs> something besides watch hockey. Yeah. Probably like buy me drinks. <laughs> but that's uh, that's why I can't that it just it, it kills my fandom. I'm like, man, I like the idea of being excited or having a silver. I don't want a silver lining. I wanna I wanna feel sad. Boston game. This is my boy Kevin O'Keefe. Mm. Bold, calling a sweep, not even a gentleman's sweep. I like the balls on this guy, Mark. <laughs> Someone's got to uh, say. Every, there's a. I know that there are people out there hedging with their five games that are probably pretty sure they really think that you know it's 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 a sweep. You feel bad saying it, but I don't know. Somebody's got to say it. Sweeps happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Beth comes in and says, need to stay out of the box. Don't always rely on one timer from pasta on the PP. Uh, look for those greasy goals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, it yeah, is fact. It is fact that I heard the stat on the podcast um, that in the playoffs, goals are scored more off of weird bounces than mm. anything else just just rifling it into the goal it's it's coming from a um mm-hmm. a deflection or something so it's always something you got to be um aware of well i mean you think about some of the biggest you think about andrew ference scoring in overtime in 2011 and then you think about i don't remember who scored hey was that was that the was that the this one that's that one <laughs> It was my glove. <laughs> yeah, it was a malfunction. I love that, and I and uh, I loved him on Spit and Chicklets when he actually when they were talking about that. <laughs> oh, he knew better than to he, admit it at first, right? Because he's like, yeah, I don't exactly. want to get suspended in the playoffs. But <laughs> and in like 2019, the first goal uh, that St. Louis scored uh, in Game Seven, too, right? And these this is where a lot of these goals are scored, and you got to get the puck on net. We got the guys, we've got guys with great shots. We've got guys with incredible hands around the net. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Caroline with a K comes in. This team is such a playoff veteran team. They know what it takes. You're absolutely yeah. right, Caroline. And add that to all um, the young blood. This is a, uh, sorry, Mark, is this uh Bertuzzi's first time in the playoffs? Uh, I want to say Yes. I think it's been a while since Detroit's made it. So, yeah. That's what I'm thinking, right? So, I mean, you're getting a guy coming in wanting, like, it's, there's incredibly hungry guys who are motivated. And then you also have all those guys who have won and could show them how to win. It's, uh, yep. it's, it's a great combination. 
Uh, Sassy Blonde, I say they win in five. That's a good call. Uh, Christopher Briggs says, say Bruins in six. I'm with Christopher. Edited says, um, the Panthers don't have Felino to lead them to a sweep. Absolutely right. Quite right. All right. We will get back to these uh, questions, but we do have to take time uh, to talk about our newest show sponsor that we came out with last week. And that is Action Electronics. For over 30 years, Action Electronics, a Walpole, Massachusetts company, has been the leading force of value-added, time-saving supply chain solutions. Visit visit them online at actionelectronics.com. Please give their customer service a call at 508-668-3131 and follow the company's social media accounts on facebook.com slash actionelectronics. Twitter.com slash AE supply chain, Instagram.com slash action electronics, and also follow the official electronics YouTube channel at action TV 9086. And I have a uh, commercial for them, which I'm still supply chain accounts for a significant expense within any business. We call this true cost exposure. Action Electronics is the first choice when looking to add value to your development and production process, allowing you to reduce costs within the supply chain. We will fully customize our services to fit your needs, making sure you are getting the best solution possible. Not only are we trusted and certified, but we have the tools to get the job done right and on time. I guess you can say we have this thing down to a science. Action Electronics, time-saving solutions for over 25 years. And as I see my co-host today, Jay, has uh, raised his uh, his his ear, ear set. There we go. Um, makes me think that that was very loud. And I apologize for anybody that was out there that kind of got startled by that. I need to adjust the volume on that commercial. But we do thank Action Electronics for coming aboard uh, for the two weeks now. We hope to have a, a long relationship with them. I know two people that work there and they're fantastic folks. Um, but uh, if you have a business that has supply chain issues, I highly recommend that you go back and if you call the number and at least talk to them and find out if they can help you and your company get what needs to be done. And, uh, and the ultimate goal is to deliver everything on time. And this is the type of company that can come in and help you do so. So thank you. Action electronics, uh, shout out to my boy, Nick, shout out Barry. Oh yeah. I can love that guy. All right. We are back talking bees, bees, bees. Um, let's see, where, where do I leave off? I left off at Matt Hunt, my boy, Matt, uh, Bruins and six. We need to keep them off the PP though, as they really troubled us, uh, net front, i.e. Kachuk. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right, Matt. <clears throat> uh, Kevin O'Keefe, Boston Gamer, uh, says biggest difference between Florida and Boston. Boston has four lines they can roll that are, a threat to score at any moment. Florida, in my opinion, can't match that. So, Kevin, uh, my my opinion on this question or this uh, what you added there is this like Bruins several, like a few years ago when they were just a top line and that was it. Is that kind of what you're seeing with the Florida Panthers right now? And and Jay, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's 
like yeah for the most part that is i don't think they're as good as like you know our 2019 team like they're not uh, you know that was a really good team going into the playoffs but you know they're they're very much one line and again like i think with our defensive structure and our defensive depth it should be able to hold them off and uh i'm confident we'll be able to do it in less than six but if it takes six you know because they are a, a feisty team then well we'll take it and um kevin slash boston game it comes back in and says also bruins edge them out in goaltending as well as on yeah. defense only thing stopping the bruins from winning this series is significant injuries i have to agree with that yeah and uh, injuries not even one injury it would take a few I yeah imagine. Caroline with a K jumps in or a very hot goalie. And this is a great, great topic to just talk about right now, because even though the Boston Bruins were a wagon this season, 65 wins, breaking records left and right. There's a lot of goaltenders that people really don't know about that. They made out like Vesna trophy winners. You know, they, they, it's just almost like the Bruins didn't have enough creativity to like shoot in certain areas like top right left shot it more or less like always hitting them in the chest making mm-hmm. the easy save and like alex lyon is a goaltender like i said before not very well known having a great you know uh, campaign towards the end of the year helping the florida mm-hmm. panthers get to where they are right now but i just think that the bruins need to find a way to get him Use use Bob Asenza as a tool. Use mm-hmm. Mike Dunham as a tool. These goaltending coaches are fantastic. They've done phenomenal things with the Bruins uh, prospects in the crease. These are the type of guys that you also want to pay attention to when you're when you're saying, "Hey, you know, this guy is very bad. Glove side, blocker side, low five hole. Just whatever you have to do, find the holes to get the puck past the goal line." Yeah, and I think like and. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but the shot mentality, like Brick likes to uh, point out 30, 45 times a game. But you got to get it on the net, and we've got the guys who can do the dirty goals. We've got the guys who can shoot, like our defensemen, and watch him pass to now it's little uh, delay that, and bring in it, like, put it on that net. Like, I've oh, yeah. been that, that bad goalie who plays one of those games that it's like, okay, that made no sense, but my God, how did he beat us? I I just don't think anyone, or I shouldn't say anyone, but Lion can't do that over seven games right. to us, right? Like, right. because he has to do it in the losses too, or else the losses, you know, like it's, I just don't think he can get that done. You know, I mean, could he steal a game? Of course, but any goalie can, I think, take one. Can he do it over, you know, with, with the depth over seven? I don't know. Doesn't, uh, I'm not worried about it, but my God, of course that can happen. Absolutely. Uh, Sassy Blonde comes in and says, Florida's bread and butter is net front on the opponent. Uh, That's where Kachuk gets his points. Rebound control is going to be paramount, as well as boxing these guys out. Sassy's a very intelligent person. I really like Mm -hmm. following her on Twitter. Um, 127 Lasher, thank you very much for tuning in. Not sure if I've ever seen you before, so thank you for coming in and um, being a part of our, our live stream. Uh, appreciate the support uh but this person says first round whistles get ridiculous agree really need to watch the penalties absolutely let's not let's not get crazy i know this season has been frustrated sometimes with some of the penalties that were taken and so on but that's got to be tightened up and i and, you know 
those are the types of um, situations where you can rely on a play, a, a person behind the bench like Chris Kelly. You know, he's a fantastic mm. penalty killing coach and so on, but he's also going to provide a certain aspect to, you know, when you're playing a certain style, do not take these penalties, uh, draw them over taking them. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's, uh, I have mild concerns. I don't know if it's concerns, but Marchand, when he gets frustrated with his own play, sometimes, you know, deals with it in, bad ways let's say and those are the kind like i'm a little concerned about that like i'd love to see like i expect them to be aggressive and and hard to play against right away but that's like you also have to bring the discipline with that if you don't like if you know it's one of those periods where you put 17 on net you didn't get anything and they you know got one silly goal and it's like how are we down and they get you get uh worried about that like i worry about marchand in those moments but Hopefully, uh, we won't get that from him this year. Yeah, Sassy Blonde says, I control the neutral zone, and they never get that offensive going. Uh, get all frust- get all frustrated, and they take the dumbest penalties. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let them do all the work. When your opponent's making mistakes, don't stop them. I, I take that quote from Billy Bean. I hate baseball, but I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is anytime I have to, anytime I have to write an article about salary cap, I always have to put the 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 movie on. It's like an inspirational thing to get me going with oh, the uh, with numbers absolutely. and so on. Oh no! And I'm not the math sense. guy. <laughs> I'm not the uh, math. Guy. Are you a math teacher? Uh, I teach elementary, so okay. yes, I guess. But I deal with numbers like like single digit addition. So I'm, yeah, I'm not okay. going to be much help here. That's more my speed. We, oh we well, should... there you go. I can, I can do you have any adult good? classes? <laughs> Apparently I do now, so hey, this is all right. I'll have to go oh, uh, get funny. myself. Uh, Shooter McGavin, always a good one. Um, Gudis is going to injure someone in a game where we are blowing them out that hack. Yeah, he's going to be one that's going to be um, on on notice from some of our heavier grinders out there to make sure that he doesn't cause any you know havoc out there. Yeah. Um, Sassy Blonde also following up on Gudis. Gudis will be watched. They are surely aware of his shenanigans. And Bennett takes some reckless uh, paths, too. Good point. Like I said, Sassy knows her stuff. If we deal with Uh, any of that, that might be the time to uh, bring Greer into the lineup, too. Yep. Which I haven't haven't really been pleased with uh, lately at all. Um, No, and that's kind of the only scenario where I see him cracking the lineup is is that like if you don't want Hathaway taking the big five minute penalties and you surely don't want anybody in like Hall's not that's the guy who you bring in and say okay look you're go you're taking one of these guys down if they you know if they if there's already something that you need to do uh you know you're on ice uh payback for or if uh it's just a matter of keeping them in check in that game like Greer would be the guy to give those minutes in that scenario. I want a sandwich. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm hungry too. Um, I want a sandwich says answering a question from earlier is Bert's first playoff series in the big leagues. He was a Calder cup MVP for the grand Rapids Griffins when they won in 2017. Mm. So that answers our question about um, how long he's been out of the playoff picture. So yeah. good to have him on a team that's uh, in the playoffs and hopefully 
uh, on the way to winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Shooter McGavin to finish these uh, questions up real quick says, speaking of volume, I installed a Bruins horn in my home speakers. Can't wait to piss my wife off on Monday. Shooter, you just seem like that type of guy, and I love it. (laughs) She's going to be hoping for low-scoring games anyway. Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. Uh, why don't we talk about the Providence Bruins a little bit? Because that's kind of like my my wheelhouse, and I just love right. talking about the American Hockey League. Uh, the Providence Bruins could capture their third straight Atlantic Division title with a win over Springfield Thunderbirds this afternoon at the Amica Mutual Pavilion in downtown Providence, Rhode Island. The top minor pro affiliate of the NHL Boston Bruins currently sits in the second position in the Atlantic Division with a 43-18-8-2 record and 96 points, one point behind leading Hershey Bears. So this has been a, a really good season for the uh, the Providence Bruins. Um, kind of untraditional, in my opinion, because um, the Boston Bruins tend to have their injuries to start their year. So the Providence Bruins mm-hmm. lineup is constantly in flux uh, with people going up 95 to Boston and so on. So with that happening, in the past, like I want to say three or four, maybe even five years, the Providence Bruins season really picks up into late December. And that's when mm-hmm. they start to truck through the American Hockey League Eastern Conference um, and, and, and to earn a playoff spot. This year has been different. Even though there were injuries, Grizzly, McAvoy, and so on, Marchand, and those and some players have got come up, uh, you know, i.e. Lauco and so on. Providence has always maintained the one or two spot in the Atlantic Division this season, which has has been tremendous. Um, are there flaws in their game? Yes, they're developing players. There's some there's some American Hockey League veterans that are in there on AHL only contracts. Shit happens, but this is a team that has the potential of winning a Calder Cup. Something that they have not done. I, I want to say in 1999, and you know, recently they have gotten some really good additions. Um, uh, Mason Lowry, I'm looking at the uh, the 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 lineup, and oh, uh, Mason Mason Lowry did not get in the lineup yesterday, last night, but um, Frederick Brunet uh, from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, um, uh, oh, I can't even say it. Is it the Victorville Tigress? Vic- or is it Victoria? No, it's Vic- it's got to be Victoria, Victoriaville. Uh, Victoriaville, yeah. the Tigress. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was a member of the uh, Rumuski Oceanic uh, to start the year, got traded, and he was just a, a wagon on the on the back end. Very mobile defenseman, um, good offensive defenseman. Uh, and he played and got his uh, first uh, two assists uh, in his first professional game last night. Um, it was really good to see Brett Harrison getting fourth line minutes uh, mm. last night as well. And he had a really good year. Um, with the Oshawa Generals last season and um, the Windsor Spitfires, who I thought were going to be, um, you know, OHL champions and possibly uh, Memorial Cup champions. But unfortunately, they got beat up pretty bad. So, um, but anyway, uh, Joey Abate, he uh, forward, he's a tough guy. He signs a two-year extension, AHL-only contract. But, you know, it's just, just so... Um, you know, rattle off some some stuff. The uh, the Boston Bruins have, I mean, the Providence Bruins just have a, had a decent season under Ryan Mujanel and, and head coach Trent Whitfield and defensive coach um, um, Matt Brown. But um, 
I think they're going to do good. But these additions of these players like uh, Trevor Kuntar, Mason Lowry, Brett Harrison, mm-hmm. um, and even Matthew Portras, I'm hearing, is going to be uh, either with the team or possibly get in the le- in the ga- in some games. Wow, I'm tongue-tied. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, though, is a lot of these guys that are on ATOs, I believe, can play. And I'm not even going to finish that because I'm probably wrong. But have you watched a lot of uh, Providence Bruins games at all or or just uh, reading my stuff? I've literally never seen a Providence Bruins game in my life. But I oh, see nice. like yeah, follow the I mean, I've got, you know, follow them on Twitter and, and saw that. Like I saw uh, Harrison got his first uh, professional point last night, too. Yes, did he not? Did he I did. see that right? Yep. Yeah. So like yep, you're right. I, I follow those you know, in that way, um, you know, and I know most of the, you know, the big names of the the main prospects and, you know, you'll remember that, but like Harrison, it's been fun for me because I have, I don't pay that much attention after the guy's been drafted. I'm like, awesome. He's ours. I'll see him in a few years. Right. And then the name kind of comes up and I had forgotten about Harrison, but he was a guy that I was excited about. And I was like, Oh damn. Okay. Now he's coming up. So, you know, you start remembering that you do have, we're so good thinking, so concerned thinking about, you know, but like these incredible guys are going to have their numbers in the rafters retiring that you forget that there are, you know, there's going to be a whole new generation there and there's guys to be excited about. Yeah. And it is. I mean, if you're thinking about like who the next one is up the middle, I mean, you got to look at Brett Harrison. Mm. Georgia Mikulov is another one that is really good. But I'm yeah. like with Georgie, I just don't know if he's going to, with the depth that we have right now. So say if, if, if Bergeron retires, Krejci retires, I really do not see Georgia McCulloff taking any of those first and second roles right now. Um, I mean, the advancement of Charlie Coyle could always happen and so on, and he could possibly, you know, fit into a third line center role. Um, but for me, like McCulloff, I think his, his NHL pro career was going to start on the wing. Much like Jack Sidnika, much like Trent Frederick, you know, because of what we have up the middle right now uh, and, and into next year. So, but he's a fantastic kid. We actually had him on this program with Dom Ciano and uh, Kevin O'Keefe. We interviewed him um, and uh, we also interviewed Matthew Poitras. We, we interviewed, uh, we interviewed a couple, couple uh, decent prospects. So. Um, just a good kid, and I think he's gonna, you know, put on some weight and so on, and and I think he's gonna be a decent goal scorer for the for years to come. Yeah, no, the the Merkulov's one of those names. I just he's locked into me now. Like the short shift guys have gotten me all excited about him, and I'm like, yeah. all right, like I don't I don't see the games, I don't see the guy, but like just the 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 way that they talk about, him, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm excited. I hope this guy, you know, becomes part of what you know how they kind of feel that he could. Oh, uh, Kevin comes in and says, got to get going. Thanks for the stream. Later, Mark and new friend Jay. Uh-huh. Have a great rest of your afternoon. You too, buddy. Hopefully Cheers. we get you on the back on the program and talking on the weekly schedule. Um, got some big things coming up for the podcast over the off season into next year. So really would love to have you be a part of that. And if anybody else wants to be a part of the BNG network, please send me an email at black and gold productions, LLC at gmail.com. We are looking for more podcasts to add. You don't have to be an NA, you don't have to be a Boston Bruins centric show. We're now opening it up to other NHL. So if you want to cover the NHL news on a weekly basis, that's fine. If you want to start a podcast individually or with a group of friends and family, 
we'd love to have you. As long as you can record a 30-minute program every week on season and off season, you're welcome here. We're also looking for website writers. So if you have some writing skills and so on, we'd love to have you. We're always looking for content. We would love to have more YouTube um, video content producers uh, to produce week um, on the regular, whether it be an after game, a pregame or whatever. We're always looking for something like that. So there's plenty of things to do if you're if you're a content creator and you have editing skills, whether it be audio and video and so on. And we also teach people, you know, we we bring people on to give them an opportunity to show their skills. And obviously, you know, there's some people that make it and some people that don't. It's it that's life. But if you do happen to have some uh, a good knowledge of hockey and you could put it into text, we'd love to have you here. So please reach out. Um, getting close to uh, the uh, two hour mark. Got about mm. 20 minutes to go. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Jay, you've been a really great guest on this live stream and hopefully we get to do this again. Would love to have you on like more during the off season. Uh, just to get content out there, whether it be a, a, a half hour, hour program, just to just to bust something out. We, we I'd, I'd certainly appreciate that. And also yeah. other viewers and listeners, please reach out if you ever want to be a part of these live streams mm-hmm. or or anything else. Uh, that'd be great to, to do. Because like I was telling Jay earlier when we started, I love just sitting here talking bees. You know, I might not have I might not speak very well. I might not have the greatest knowledge of hockey and blah, blah, blah. I might babble my words, but I still love doing this on a regular basis. And, it, mm. you know, it's my it's my go to every week. So. Um, so anyway, I do appreciate you being on and so on. Well, I, pre- uh, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm actually going to be um, I've, I've got just about set to kick off my own podcast now. Um, and I was going to do that this weekend, but when this opportunity came up, I was like, well, you know what? I'll uh, use this kind of as a, a, a launching pad, I suppose. So uh, I'm hoping to have that ready to go. Uh, not sure what the playoff schedule will be, but uh, if not after every game, it'd be like every second, except for, you know, an, in, in the event of an elimination game kind of thing, stuff like that. Yep. And uh, I just want to bring like a, a fan perspective of, uh, it's got enjoying it. I'm so worried about so much. I'm so worried about fans not enjoying this and just like white grip on the bar trying to yeah. get through it. Like they're on a roller coaster, but they shouldn't be on a roller coaster, right? Like if you're going to be on it and just be afraid the whole time, come on, let's like, I'm going to try and, uh, and, and make keep it fun because. Yep. It's been fun. And I mean, win or lose, it's going to be fun. So, you know, it's a uh, kind of a thing. Like I want to, I want to try and keep everyone smiling. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we got one question here from Marlene. Marlene's been a long time supporter of our BNG mm-hmm. stuff. So I got to give her props. Uh, hey guys, do you foresee game changing injuries during the first round? Like Felino coming a bit back a bit early. Uh, I'm not sure about that, uh, Marlene, um, but it's going to be a grind. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We talked about this several times on, uh, earlier in the program that the post, the, the regular season and postseason are two different seasons, and it's going to come at you hard and heavy starting tomorrow night at TD Garden. Um, and it doesn't, uh, to me, it doesn't matter if the opponent is the road team or not. It's the playoffs, and uh, you have to expect anything to happen. And unfortunately, with these heavier grinding games and and whistles being buried in in, in referees' pockets, the, the the thought of injuries can happen. 
I mean, it's it's not out of the ordinary, but I don't want to wish I don't want to, you know, think about it because, you know, even though this the Bruins depth is so good, next man up mentality is always going to be there for a, a fallen soldier uh, that you only have so much depth mm. that, you know, so I really hopefully we all stay healthy. Yeah. But thank you, Marlene, for the question. Lasher giving us the, the golf club. Appreciate that, buddy. Thank you very much. Shooter McGavin back in the house again. Is it stress? The only thing I will enjoy is buying cup champs, tees, and hats. <laughs> All right. I better be on that list. I better be on that list. For the merch. Uh, Jason Brennan, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs have taken years off my life. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. That's yeah. and that's that's kind of how I'm 13, feeling. And I, I'm, 19. <laughs> man, like I'm like, this is the kind of playoff that could take decades off people's lives. So I'm gonna, yeah, we gotta keep it fun. Soak in the moments, yes. Lasha says. That's Marlene it. says, thanks, no problem. Thank you for everything that yeah. you do. Um hey, real quick, I might as well uh use up this uh this uh dead air a little bit and and tell you about a fantastic program we have. And it is called the our Patreon campaign, mm-hmm. where we um, get a dollar donation from our listeners and viewers. And uh, we, what we do is we take half of your dollar and pay the bills here at our sports media company. And we take the other half and we buy stuff to give away. And it's always been, well, it was pucks, hats, and so on. But we, we've only done this because... Shipping costs so much money, and we have we have people in Canada that I ship to too. But it just it's just getting ridiculous. So we stopped doing pucks and coffee mugs and all that stuff. But we concentrate on monthly giveaways. And this hand signed jersey is going to be given away at the end of this month. This is the Jerry Cheevers hand signed Hall of Fame, nineteen eighty five. Yep, fully authenticated from JSF, and this is from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. My boy Bruce Sullivan. So great jersey only for a dollar you could win but it, it seriously does help us and we appreciate all our financial supporters um because you guys are amazing um geez lance scabetta hey lance what's up buddy if they can stay healthy if they can stay relatively healthy i don't see anyone who can beat us four out of seven games in the series no one has been able to all year exactly Exactly. But you know, Lance, as an old-time Boston Bruins fan, that the seasons change once it becomes the postseason. Yeah. So it's the hardest, you know, championship to win for a reason. And yeah. you know, the the biggest, baddest, best teams usually win in in football and basketball and baseball. Often win in hockey, right? Yeah. And Lance comes back with this one, which I really like. If they don't win the cup, no one take away the fact that this wasn't a, a special season 100%. there's a lot of people that just that just really say it, it's a couple of it's a couple of bust and and they'll be disappointed and this and that and they'll probably have rage for the for the off season until the uh you know next season starts but yeah. me i'm just i'm still reliving the glory of what we saw for the past 82 games in a 65 right. win season you know, I'm happy about that, but I, I do want the cup too. I want the second tattoo. I want the second See? tattoo, my second cup. So that's it. <laughs> it's like I've gone back on YouTube and, and I've rewatched the 2011 playoffs through a few times. And for this season, though, it's like, regardless of the finale, like I'm going to have to 82 games I got to go through 
because that's just what the season was like. It was this one giant thing. And, you know, I mean, not winning would, it'll, it'll crush souls for a while, but I don't think any of us, we all might have different timelines. We're all going to end up looking back at this regular season and going, wow, that would, that was incredible to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the uh, the Providence Bruins play at three o'clock, three o five today at the uh, Amp down in Providence, so they could capture the third straight mm-hmm. uh, Atlanta Division title. So hopefully that happens. Um, they didn't play very well against the Springfield Thunderbirds on Friday night, um, and that is Steve Forney, our our main host. That's his team. So uh, we're, we're frenemies right now. So <laughs> we're frenemies this weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully they win in front of the home crowd and and just and capture this because uh, Providence does have a, a first round buy, but it also depends on on what team, what lowest seed they're gonna get. Um, so should be interesting, and hopefully they win because I, I paying attention to really amazing. It's been over things going on one five six screens seven. Yeah, seven screens in the office right now. So I watch mm. a ton of hockey. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that this afternoon. But again, mm. I cannot thank uh, Jay enough and all these fantastic sure. folks that were in the uh, in the chat providing us questions uh, to mm-hmm. keep the content going. Um, we never have a we never had a dull moment. I I don't think I'm gonna yeah. have to edit much of this at all when I when I get done while I'm watching the uh, the Providence Bruins game. So I, I appreciate Good. that. Hey, that's always a bonus. Uh, can I yeah. show off one thing? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's just something. I mean, it's obviously Bruins related. Uh, it might be something people are interested in seeing. Um, anyway, I'm, I you know, I'm in Nova Scotia, and I grew up, you know, uh, in in Cole Harbor and Colby, where Crosby and and McKinnon uh, came from. Former Cole Harbor Red Wings, not unlike myself, although again they played much higher level than I did. Um, but of course, Marsh, I live, grew up about 45 minutes from where uh, Marshane grew up, but I teach out there now. But point being, in 2011, uh, when Marshane brought the cup home, uh, obviously I went to that. But uh, my father at the time was RCMP, and he was hired uh, to do the security for the event. So uh, one thing they gave my dad, being the Habs fan, of course, he gave to me was uh, these hats that Marchand, uh. the fa- that the they had done for the family, and so uh, dad get awesome. you know was given one by the family, and he gave that uh, to me. So it's just kind of a somewhat unique thing. I thought people might have a little interest in in seeing because it was obviously an unexpected kind of thing to get. So how come dad didn't take the hat for himself? Is he not a Boston Bruins fan? No, dad's Habs fan. Yeah. There's there's a very embarrassing photo of me at like four years old in, in uh, Montreal Canadiens pajamas. It's No wonder why you came, became a Bruins fan. Right? Like I, I had no choice. So it was, uh, oh yeah. And then, then it's my dad has like, you know, 35 brothers, but um the main is 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 a best brother who we they talk about hockey yeah it's a leafs fan so his kids are leafs fans and then dad's habs and i've got the bruins and it's uh it makes for some fun but dad's pretty quiet these days mind you yeah that's uh that's a cool story um yeah you know it's you hear that from so many people um 
uh, up in your area. Uh, you know, it's either uh, they're Habs, Toronto, or Bruins. And and for the biggest part, like um, Toronto had their what was it the um, the Maple Leafs farm team up there? I don't remember what it, what the uh, the town was. St. John's. Uh, yeah, they or they were in. Yeah, that's right. They were. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, that's why a lot of people became, um, you know, uh, Leafs fans and so on. And obviously, yeah. you know, being in Quebec and so on. Um, no, not Quebec. The uh, uh, Maritimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you gravitate to uh, certain teams and so on. But yeah, yeah it's awesome. And, uh, obviously, Crosby, uh, Penguins fans. You know, that blew up when Crosby, you know, uh, became Crosby as well. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was like everybody and it was just waiting, right? It was like, okay, well, here's the, uh, they had that lottery thing that year. Cause it, and, uh, it was like, okay, well, who's going to be every kid's favorite team for the next 20 years that's born around <laughs> here. And I was like, it just don't let it be Montreal or Toronto and I'm good. So Pittsburgh was fine. Mar- Marlene says that was a cool piece. Thank you. It was a cool I'm piece. A um, shooting McGavin. This is pretty funny. My dad is a Yankees fan. I got the same story dressed up as a dumb ass cheetah jersey at four. Needed to burn that photo. <laughs> yeah, but see, you've still got that one, and I've still got mine too. It's like, yeah, yeah. uh, something brewing, something brewing. Hell of a show, guys. Thanks for getting me through my work day. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Can't wait for your episode uh, this week. Also, I want to shout out uh, the What's Brewing Hockey Podcast and What's Brewing live stream. They're going to be starting. Chris Nosek and Mike Sullivan are going to be starting at six o'clock tomorrow, right here on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. Um, so, and that is the What's Brewing uh, podcast. And what they're going to be doing is they're previewing Game One tomorrow with special guests the only Bruins hockey podcast that mm. is Brett. That is my boy, downtown Boosie. Mm. And um, I don't know if Bobby Brewski is going to be around for that. That'd be pretty badass if he is, but uh, please tune into that. If you're not following us, please subscribe, please hit the subscription button below um, hit the thumbs up as well, because that does a, a tremendous job. And, and also if you want to get notifications of when we send out, a live stream, a new video, and so on, please do. We have a lot of things that are coming up this offseason. Um, we're going to get more involved into um, uh, video editing stuff that is going on, like highlight reels and so on from the American Hockey League. So uh, people that like like Jay who don't watch the Providence Bruins on the regular, you can come to this YouTube channel and, and um, see uh, a goal video from a certain player or a highlight reel and so on, because we, as uh, credential media members through the American hockey league, we have access to all that video. So I want to get somebody in here to do that and we could produce some, uh, some really good shows. So right. we'd appreciate the support moving forward. So again, the subscriptions are a huge um, audio platforms, uh, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're on all of them. Um, so please subscribe to those as well if you don't do the uh, YouTube video. Um, but um, I do want to give another shout out to our show sponsor, our title sponsor, FanDuel.com. Please go to FanDuel.com slash Boston and sign up for a free account today and uh, get some really good welcome bonuses. Um, you can get up to $200 or $150, something like that. 
Um, and it's a, it's a fantastic way. Do it safely. I have a lot of fun on FanDuel. We all at B&G pretty much use FanDuel, so it's awesome. And also shout out to uh, Action Electronics. Um, they do a fantastic job with your with your supply chain logistics. So um, I'm uh, always looking forward to working with them and FanDuel in the future. Oh, what else we got? Beth, Beth comes in real quick. Tough growing up in California, loving the Bruins. Oh, I hear that. Um, UCLA Bruins, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Marlene Daniels, I have a silly question. Do you do your podcast on Wednesdays? I'm having knee replacement surgery on May 3rd, and I need something to listen to. Marlene, anything that we do, like this live video or our um, podcast platforms are all on demand. You listen when you want. So you can actually go back and listen to this this two-hour program that Jay and I did anytime you want. So uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our video, uh, our audio podcast on, on you know, um, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And you'll be able to listen to when you want so and she says yay i love it that puts a little pressure on those uh may 1st and 2nd recorded podcasts doesn't it now though (laughs) yeah it does (laughs) (laughs) but also i do want to mention that we might be doing live streams during playoff games we're we're working on that right now so if you guys want to watch the game with us and hear us commentate freak out scream throw beers keg stands whatever (laughs) That's what you want to do. So please subscribe. Um, but anyway, Jay, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure meeting you, interacting with you on Twitter. But ultimately, having you on today, um, it, you know, not replacing, but stepping in for, um, you know, main host Steve Forney has been huge. And it's, it's it, it really makes me feel awesome about our viewers community that, I could just, Steve's not going to make it. Okay, I can find somebody mm. to come in here and help me just to sit there and babble about Bruins for two hours. It's just great to have people like you available to do so. And we look forward to having more of these uh, conversations during the offseason for the uh, for that offseason content and so on. Absolutely. Cheers, Mark. It was completely my pleasure. This was a, a ton of fun. I always like uh, talking Bruins, especially when, you know, I like, you know, I, I know what I know, but I don't know what I don't. And uh, talking to informed Bruins fans is a lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, Laser says, That's great awesome. show, guys. Way to step in, Jaybird. Perfect. That's a great way to end the, the program. Again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. The interaction on the live chat, please give us a follow on Twitter at blackandgold277. That's mine. You can follow Jay Pike at my underscore Bruins on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, interact over there. And uh, we'll uh, give us a follow because we're going to be doing so many good things. And uh, that's a great way to uh, keep you guys informed about what's coming next, what could be happening tomorrow. So, um, but, again, Make sure you watch the What's Bruin live stream tomorrow, the pregame before game one of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs against the Florida Panthers. So with that being said, I'm host Mark Allred. That is Jay Pike. Thank you very much for tuning into this live stream of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 326, when we will talk to you very soon. If not soon, we'll be back next week with Steve Forney. Take care, everybody, and go Bees! Go Bees! 
Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at blackandgoldpod, at BNG Productions, at blackandgold277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.